So we have entered the book of Exodus. Some would say it's an end, others would say it's a beginning. I think it's a, a good beginning to an end. And what we see here is a beautiful picture of the life of not only Moses, but of our Messiah. We see how Moses, growing up, lived a good life, a life of almost a, of a pharaoh almost, lived in the, in the pharaoh's house, was a prince, had everything he could imagine, and then something kicked in. Because you always know where you came from, don't you? He then gets exiled for a period of time in which he's a shepherd, dealing a flock. That's like the president of the company going from that job to sweeping the floors. Kind of a dramatic change. But it was a maturing time for him as well. And he grew. And he grew into a man who was going to have a lot of challenges. I give Moses a lot of credit. He took, I, I would have probably said, let him go back. They like it there, no problem. I don't, why do I need to deal with this? But instead he grew. He grew into a man who could lead. So you have to remember, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that is so important. I hear too many people say, I can't do it. You're right, you can't. But God who is in you can do anything. If you had told me 20 now, almost years ago, I don't even want to do the math, that I was going to be preaching and not sitting where you are today, I would say you're crazy. But God had a calling. He took a one-eyed dyslexic and put him back in school. And I graduated summa cum laude. And you know what? I don't take the credit. because I know me. That was not me. That was all God. I will give him all the credit. But see, he qualifies us. He brings us into those things. And you know what? Sometimes we have to go through hard times to learn what God wants for us. And we really see this in Moses' life. Again, he goes from a prince all the way down to a shepherd. But he's going to end up a leader. It says he was slow in tongue. He probably wasn't the best speaker around. He might have put you to sleep during a sermon. I can have to say, I don't usually do that, so that's pretty good. Y'all don't usually snooze on me, do you? I have good jokes? No, I don't. I, I've never t I never tell a joke. I can just say things funny. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Thank you. But what we see here in his life, going from that to now being called by God to go back to where he came from. And it was interesting because he left 
as an Egyptian. But when he comes back, he comes back as a Hebrew. And that's important to realize. Even his wife realized them going back that he had to do something different. That circumcision, that outward sign that shows that he was part of God's plan. See, sometimes God brings us into one place to bring us back to our roots. And when he comes back, he comes back in a strong way. And think about this. Think what God said to you. I'm going to send you back. How many of you all want to hear this in your life? I'm going to send you back to go talk to Pharaoh, but I'm going to harden his heart so he won't listen to you. Thanks, God. That's all I needed, right? And most likely the people aren't really going to be happy with you either because, let's face it, we don't like change, right? Even if the situation isn't good, we still like to just stay how we are. And the people didn't really, the Israelites really didn't want to listen to him, did they? And Pharaoh definitely didn't want to listen to him. But now, you give, I, I had to give Pharaoh credit, right? He tried to show God wasn't God, right? Y'all love the movie Moses, the Ten Commandments? Charlton had the original one. The newest, newer ones don't cut the mustard, I'm sorry. When he lays his rod down and it turns into a snake... And Pharaoh laughs at him and goes, I can do that twice. Puts his down. Pharaoh goes, see, what's the big deal? And then Moses' snakes eats the other two snakes. That's the big deal. <laughs> right? He takes it and brings it to that next level. It gets to the point of hail. And then all of a sudden something happens. See, the... Magicians say, Pharaoh, this must be God because we can't do that one. <coughs> and the vision changes at that point. It's also at the same point in the scripture where the, where the plagues that were happening to all of Egypt now only happen to the Egyptians and the Israelites are separated out. God is calling us to a higher calling. You know, when you read the story of the water turning to blood. Mmm. Right? All the fish die. It was stinking. Right? Pharaoh finally said, I had enough. Goes and talks to Moses. What does Moses do? Says, okay. Then what does Pharaoh do? Heart gets hardened again. Now, this is why God had to harden the heart of Pharaoh. There was a reason behind it. Moses probably didn't understand it, right? But see, God wasn't just showing the Israelites that he was their God. He was showing the Egyptians that he was their God as well. That he was God over all the world. How many gods do the Egyptians have? How many of y'all think ten? More. There were ten major categories. That's where that number comes about. Right? And so he sits there and shows that he is God over all the false gods. You know, he sends all the, the uh, frogs out. Now, scientists have tried to prove that the plagues that happened, it happened for the reason, and they can scientifically prove these things. How many of you have heard that? 
Okay, a couple of y'all, right? But here's the problem. So all the water turns, and this is how I'm going to show you what they say. Well, all the water turns to blood, so that kills all the fish. So all the fish die, right? So you can't drink the water, right? And then the, being the water being polluted, the frogs would want to leave that water and come inland, right? And then the frogs all die. So what happens when things die? What comes around? Flies and gnats, right? But then how do they explain hail coming from it? And darkness. Oh, they can't do that. See, that's even where theirs falls out of line. Science tries to prove what God has already done. And so we see here that science can't, they might be able to do one or two things, and even Pharaoh's magicians could do a couple of the plagues, couldn't they? But then it got to the point that they couldn't do them anymore. And that's where God really shows who he is. You know what the amazing thing? When you look in the book of Revelation, in the end days, there's going to be bowls poured down upon the world, right? And what's it going to be? Blood? <laughs> flies? Disease, right? It's, it's the plagues all over again. See, God doesn't do new things. He just repeats what he's done before. So what we see going on is so important. Moses is the perfect example of our promised Messiah. He goes to save a people who have been called by his name. And it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile. As we read through these stories, we're going to see something happen at the end, right? Who leaves with the, Gent with the Jews? Those righteous Gentiles. I don't know if they're Egyptians. I think there were other slaves, right? Maybe some Egyptians. We see the movie. Yeah, that one guy, remember, he comes with them. So it might be some, but people, they saw that God was God. See, God in the very beginning was bringing Jew and Gentile together. Because we're all here to worship him. And if we believe in him, that's what it takes. And that's what we really see here is our walk of faith. You know, the Israelites, they saw, and, the, and those righteous Gentiles, they saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet, we're going to learn in the story later on that they get in the wilderness, and what do they start doing? Start complaining. They start losing faith. And I hear so many people, I say, that would never happen to me. Yeah, it would. Ones who say that will happen, but they were the first ones. You know, if it's not right in front of us, if we're not seeing it right now, it doesn't happen. And that's not true. We see God moving in miracle ways each and every day in our lives. Our God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no difference. And what we see here is, how are we going to cope with our exodus? Because you know what? We're going to have to go into the wilderness for a while. But the promise is, we know what we're getting in the end. Are you willing to suffer for a short season to get the end goal? Because the end goal is a promised land. Land filled of milk and honey. Sounds pretty good to me. I've been to the land. I'm ready to go back to the land. 
It's an amazing place. Because God has been there. And he called it his home. He built his temple there. And that's what's so strong. What we see taking place in this time of refuge. In this time of trouble. And that's what's so important. We need to make sure that we understand God's calling on our lives. And you know what? You're going to have to go through some lessons to be learned. How many of y'all are ready to be a leader? Raise your hand. None of y'all should raise your hand, right? None of us are ready to be leaders. We have one, and the child shall lead us. There we go, see? He's ready because he doesn't know what's coming on. But a true leader is one who is taught, who learns. You know, Moses tried to do it all. He's going to learn he couldn't do it, can he? But what he did do is he led a people from slavery to freedom. They followed him. And after a while, they put their faith in God. It took some trials and tribulations. Even when they saw the giants that were in the land, two stood up and said, if God is with us, who can be against us? Sometimes a generation has to pass for that next generation to take over. That next generation that can lead them into the promised land. And that's what we see happening. God is moving in a mighty way. We're getting ready to see a people become a nation. That's so important. They're going to grow and prosper. They're going to become brothers and sisters following God. They're going to be given the Ten Commandments. The foundation of our faith. That's still alive and strong today. That says something. What God gave to Moses, we still hold dear today. And that's what's so important. We're going to see the miracles take place. My question for you is when God says, now go, are you ready to go? When he calls upon you to do what you are to do for his kingdom, are you ready? You know, it's interesting, Jewish Voice Ministries, I'm going to brag on my daughter for a second. I'm allowed to do that. Right? Thank you. You didn't have a choice. I got the mic. Right? But Natalie has a, several true gifts. One is writing, which is the exact opposite of me. She does not get that from me. And Jewish Voice is doing a contest. And it's open to everyone 18 and over. Yeah, I'm talking about you. She's looking at me going, what? <laughs> 
And so I, she's not of age, and I had asked about it, and I sent them a, a sample of her writing. And the response back was, while they couldn't do it, they really enjoyed her writing and want her to go on a mission trip and do, do writing about the trip. And that's an exciting thing. And I've been on the mission trips with... <laughs> She's now embarrassed. I've embarrassed my daughter. Thank you very much. <laughs> but what the, the, when she said that she wanted to go do that, see, you know, I started on the mission field. And let me tell you, if you've been in a church mission group, it ain't nothing like a messianic one. See, we go to places and then they threaten to throw us in jail. It's true. It's amazing. Right? We, we, I was on, you know, in the 1980s and 90s, I was right there in the heart of the Jewish revival, of going to the former Soviet Union and being told if you hand out literature, you're going to go to jail. In Cuba, I was called into the immigration office, threatened, uh, you know, again, jail there for bringing um, medicine and, and, and Bibles. But to see how that works and that next generation coming up and being prepared. That's what it's all about. That's what Moses is about to experience. He's going to have a generation that kind of fights him. But that next generation is ready to go and take the land. And that's what we have to be now. We can't get complacent. We need to reach out and share our faith. I want to encourage you this year. Invite friends. It's not that hard. You can do it. Some will say no, that's okay. But others will say yes. They get a free lunch. What better? That's the, that's the hook for you. You, say, you want a free, good, good free meal? Look, we got men cooking downstairs right now. I'm not going to say anything. They brought in a professional chef. All right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Otis said no. He cooked it all himself, right? Where can you go and have the men cook for you? What men? There are several men downstairs cooking. Doesn't matter how we, and they don't. They didn't hire women to do it. That's this is a man's cooked meal. So better watch it, Kim. <laughs> but what we see taking place is a change. Moses went from being an Egyptian to being a Hebrew. And he's to lead the people into the promised land. He's given us his calling. Just like Yeshua went from being a child to being our Messiah. To now sitting upon his throne, waiting for his return. It's a beautiful picture that all comes together. But my question for you is, are you ready to leave 
your land of bondage and go into the promised land. I think that baby is ready. Israel saying, let's go, Dad. <laughs> he is ready to go to the promised land. Plant, land that he was named after. Think about it. Follow him. Let's go. <laughs> You're supposed to make him laugh. He doesn't get my jokes yet, does he? <laughs> but that's the blessings that we have. We're going to be able to follow Moses. And you know what? Sometimes it ain't going to be so good. But here's the good news. At this congregation, we do not feed you manna every week. We change it up. You get good food, right? Great fellowship. And that's what it's about. Coming together from every tribe, tongue, and nation to worship the true King of kings and Lord of lords through His Son, Yeshua. That's what Moses sought out to do. And that's what we're doing here today. So I want to encourage you to follow Him. He's going to take you through the wilderness, but He's going to bring us into the promised land. And it's a great place. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give anyone watching us online or here in the congregation right now that opportunity to be a part of God's chosen people. Doesn't matter if you're Jewish by birth or Gentile. He's called us together to worship Him side by side. And all it takes is a simple prayer. If you're watching us via the internet, either live stream or archived, you see the information on the screen there. You can contact us wherever you are around the world and we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here right now in the congregation and you're ready to say yes to Him, yes to the Messiah, to the King of Israel, all you have to do is simply raise your hand and say a simple prayer to let Him into your life. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? All you got to do is raise your hand. Anyone at all? And Abba Father, as we come before you right now, Lord, we thank you for the blessings you've given us. Lord, let us continue to follow Moses as he takes us on that journey to the promised land. And Lord, let us never lose faith in you. But Lord, let this time be a time of reassurance Reminding us that you're a King of kings and Lord of lords over all this earth. Lord, we ask this in your Son, Yeshua's precious name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen.